Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? We are fine here and happy to be alive and breathing and to have the way to heaven. There is no one breathing on earth who does not have the way to heaven. If you don't know the way to heaven, Jesus said, I am the the way, I'm the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Nobody comes to the Father but by him, whether you are Um, Catholic, non-Catholic Christian, uh, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, atheist, agnostic, whatever you are, um, you need to come through Jesus to the Father. He is the only one that provided the acceptable sacrifice that separated us from God. And I remember years back, 1976, when I first heard a song in a Baptist church. Um, and I was in a Baptist tr- church trying to figure out why my brother's wife had become a Christian. He wasn't, but he was allowing the children to be raised as Christians. And I thought, David, how could you love your children and let them be raised to believe in a man? Oh, I was, I was horrified. So I went to the church with him that day. I was Baptist at the time. And the choir was singing, And they sang a song, and it said, Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. Those words penetrated me, sitting there in that little Baptist church of about 120 people. And I said, wait a minute, what, what, grace greater than my sin? What sin? Number one, how could anything be greater than my sin? Then I thought, what sin? I don't have any sin. Uh, because I wasn't sure at that point that God existed. Who am I going to sit against, mankind? No. But I was struck that day with a grace that was not mine, a love that was not mine. It felt like a 10-pound brick of love had been put on my heart. It was not a love of this world. I had never been preached to. I never heard the gospel. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that that love was foreign to my life, that it was otherworldly. I knew it. And it was heavy, and I was hit with a love that was not mine, and a sin that was. And I, I, I was a mess, an absolute mess. And after the service was over, my sister-in-law started telling me about Jesus, and I just said, "Get away from me with that name! Get away from me with those words! I know what I'm feeling. Don't you tell me he's the reason for it. I wouldn't hear." Well. Here I am, not just filled with his grace, but um, a sinner like us all, fallen from grace, um, but um, renewed by our Lord, healed and forgiven. Um, And uh, now I know what sin is because uh, there's no one of us, no one of us born apart from original sin, only our Lord and our Lady, no one of us normal human beings was born without sin. So I've gone back this morning 
to keep the faith. Um, and we are in chapter 7, just beginning a brand new chapter. Guess what its title is? Sin. Guess the letter in the middle of the word. It's I, I, I sin. And Reverend... Um, um, Oh, my goodness, I even forgot the author's name. How could that happen? Um, he begins by saying, what is sin? And he defines sin is an offense against God by any thought, word, deed, or omission against the law of God. Thought, word, deed, or omission against the law of God. How many kinds of sin are there? There are two kinds of sin, original sin and actual sin. What is original sin? Original sin is that guilt and stain of sin which we inherit from Adam, who was the origin and head of all mankind. What was the sin committed by Adam? The sin committed by Adam was the sin of disobedience when he ate the forbidden fruit. Did you see? The sin of disobedience. It wasn't the sin of, of the, it wasn't the poisoned apple or anything like that. It was that God told him to eat from anything in the garden but that tree. And Adam ate from that tree. Eve ate, the serpent deceived her, she ate, she gave to Adam, and he ate. He disobeyed God. The only prohibition, the only thing God told them not to do was eat from that tree. Like you tell a child, do everything, but don't do that. The child's going to do that. Is born into original sin. But Adam and Eve weren't. They were pure. So what was their sin? Their sin was disobedience. And how did the enemy tempt them? How did the serpent tempt them? He was the highest, most beautiful, most intelligent creature God ever made, and he appeared as a serpent in the garden with Eve. He must have been a very beautiful creature at that point. Eve was talking to him. She wasn't frightened. And he said, did God tell you not to eat from that tree? She said, well, we can eat from any other tree, just not that one. Oh, is that so? God's holding out on you. Because he knows if you eat from the tree... Um, that you will be like him. And he's holding, he doesn't want you to be like him. Well, what a lie is that, huh? The tree of good and evil. Why does not God want us to be like him? He created us in his very image. He wants us to be like him. He's conforming us to his image day by day through sanctification. The psalmist says that we'll one day awaken his likeness. Why shouldn't we, doesn't he want us to be like him? On the contrary, he wants us to be exactly like him. So what was wrong with the, the serpent's temptation to Eve and Adam and Eve buying into it? It was that they would be like God without God. They would be like God without God, which would be, of course, an impossibility. I've often said that Frank Sinatra only put the music to the words, I'll do it my way. The origin of those words was Adam and Eve and the serpent who tempted them. Have all mankind um, contracted the guilt and stain of original sin? Yes, all mankind. 
have contracted the stain of original sin except who? The Blessed Virgin Mary, who through the merits of her divine Son was conceived without the least guilt or stain of original sin. Next question. What is this privilege of the Blessed Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, called? This privilege of the Blessed Virgin Mary is called what? The Immaculate Conception. What is the Immaculate Conception? There are too many people, Catholics as well, who convert, who uh, confuse the Immaculate Conception with the Virgin Birth. The Immaculate Conception has to do with Mary's conception in her mother's womb. The Virgin Birth has to do with our Lord's um, conception, uh, birth rather, in uh, from the womb of the Immaculate Virgin. He was born of a virgin who remained a virgin. That is the virgin's birth. The Immaculate Conception is conception. The very moment of conception in her mother Anne's womb, which at that point, a singular grace was given to her by God. He removed from her at the very moment of conception the original sin, the sin of Adam and Eve. So she was born without sin, and she never sinned her entire life. What is actual sin? Actual sin is every sin which we ourselves commit. We are born into the original sin, the falling from grace of Adam and Eve. But actual sin is what we actually commit. Hold on now. Okay. How is actual sin divided? Actual sin is divided into two kinds. What are they? Yes. Those of you who said mortal and venial, you are right. What is mortal sin? Mortal sin is a grievous offense against God. Why is it called mortal sin? It is called mortal sin because it kills the supernatural life of the soul and makes the soul deserving of hell should the person die in that state without repentance. How does mortal sin kill the supernatural life of the soul? Mortal sin kills the supernatural life of the soul by depriving it of sanctifying grace, which is the supernatural life of the soul. Mortal means death. It means that by turning from God, as Adam and Eve did, or as we may do in any grave matter, murder, abortion, contraception, beloved, is a mortal sin. We go contra-conception. We go against God. It's a mortal sin. It's a grave sin, beloved. There's the music um, for our first break. And let me just say, can you recover from mortal sin, from being uh, separated from God? Yes, by going to a priest. You need to go to a priest to forgive you, for God to forgive you through a priest um, uh, to be free of mortal sin, to be absolved, to be forgiven. We'll be right back. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live and I'm thrilled to be alive, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And my uh, computer wasn't working yesterday, um, so James helped us by um, reading the questions and taking phone calls and letting me know what they were. And it was such a joy that I've invited James um, to come back again today, and we just love him, and, um, and he's invited me. So um, we will... Um, Go ahead and take your calls and your emails after this last segment. I am reading from Canon Ripley's um, This is the Faith, and we're talking about sin, which is um, a disobedience to God's law, and we're talking about the two kinds of sin, which is mortal and, um, oh, like a venial, mortal is, um, is mortal means death. And uh, the next question is, is it a great evil to fall into mortal sin? The answer is yes, it is the greatest of all evils to fall into mortal sin. Where will they go who die in mortal sin? They who die in mortal sin will go to hell for all eternity. What is venial sin? Venial sin is an offense against God which does not kill the supernatural life of the soul, yet which displeases God 
and often leads to mortal sin. Why is it called venial sin? It is called venial sin because it is more easily pardoned than mortal sin. How must we hate sin? We must hate sin above all other evils in order to be resolved never to commit a willful sin for the love or fear of anything whatsoever. You know the old expression, the devil made me do it. No, he doesn't. We have free will. Which are the seven capital sins or vices and their contrary verses? The seven capital sins or vices and their contrary virtues virtues are the following. This is good for everyone to memorize. Number one, pride. Two, and the opposite of pride is what? Humility. Secondly, covetousness. And the opposite of covetousness, liberality. The third one is lust. And the opposite of lust is chastity. The fourth is anger, and the opposite of anger is meekness. The fifth is gluttony, and the opposite of gluttony is temperance. The sixth is envy, and the opposite of envy is brotherly love. And the final is sloth, and the opposite of sloth is diligent. Diligence, rather. Why are they called capital sins? They are called capital sins because they are the sources from which all other sins take their rise. Which are the six sins against the Holy Ghost? The six sins against the Holy Ghost are number one, presumption. Secondly, despair, despairing of spiritual good. Third, resisting the known truth. Fourth, envy of another or of what another has. Five, obstinacy in, obstinacy in sin. And six, final impenitence, which is to die without repentance. Next question, which are the four sins crying to heaven for vengeance? The four sins crying to heaven for vengeance are one, willful murder, which of course includes abortion, whether it's done by a physician, whether it's done by taking the abortion pill, no matter how it's done, it is murder. Secondly, homosexual acts, they cry to heaven for vengeance. Thirdly, now notice it didn't say homosexual tendencies, It's the acts. Third, oppression of the poor, such as widows and so forth. And fourth, defrauding laborers of their wages. When are we answerable for the sins of others? We are answerable for the sins of others whenever we either cause them or share in them through our own fault. In how many ways may we either cause or share the guilt of another sin? We may either cause or share the guilt of another sin in nine ways. Now listen, 
because I have met so many people who have shared in another sin and they don't know it. And they share in another sin by counsel, by command, by consent, by provocation, by praise or flattery, by concealment, by being a partner in the sin, by silence, by defending the ill done. Do you hear that, bishops? We share in another sin by silence. And our silence is equal to consent or by concealment, by defending the ill done. Which are the enemies we we must fight against all the days of our life? The enemies which we must fight against all the days of our life are the world, the flesh, and the devil. What do you mean by the world? By the world, I mean the false maxims of the world and the society of those who love the vanities, riches, and pleasures of this world better than God. What do you mean by the devil? By the devil, I mean Satan and all his wicked angels who are ever seeking to draw us into sin that we may be damned with them. They know they're damned. They know that hell was created for them, the devil and his angels, and they want company. Why do you number the world and the devil among the enemies of the soul? I number the world and the devil among the enemies of the soul because they are always seeking by temptation and by word or example to carry us along with them on the broad road that leads to damnation. What do you mean by the flesh? By the flesh, I mean our own corrupt inclinations and passions, which are the most dangerous of all our enemies. What must we do to hinder the enemies of our soul from drawing us into sin? To hinder the enemies of our soul from drawing us into sin, we must watch, pray, and fight against all their suggestions. And temptations. That's what our Lord told his disciples. Watch and pray. We need to fight against all their suggestions and temptations. In the warfare against the world, the flesh and the devil, on whom must we depend? In the warfare against the world, the flesh and the devil, we must depend not on ourselves, but on God only. Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. First John says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. These words of St. John serve to introduce the subject of sin, now a fact of universal experience. The Catholic Catechism teaches that sin is an offense against God by any thought, word, deed, or omission against the law of God. When a man violates the law of his country, he's a criminal in the sight of that law, and usually he is punished. Sin is a crime, not against the law of any land, but against the law of God. Hence, the sinner is a criminal in the sight of God. 
his maker, his infinitely good and loving father, his judge. Sometimes sinners try to justify themselves by explaining that in doing wrong, they did not go against their conscience. But it is the duty of everyone to make sure that his conscience is reliable and in conformity with the true law of God. He has to have a correct conscience. In the terms of the moralist, it is not enough just to have a certain conscience, which could obviously deceive him. One's conscience must be correct. A watch is no use to anyone unless it is regulated according to the true time. The conscience is like a watch. It must be regulated according to the true norm of morality, the law of God. Conscience is the interior judgment we make as to the rightness or wrongness of our actions. And such judgment can only be reliable insofar as it does not contradict the only real norm of right and wrong. People sometimes warp their consciences or stretch them. In fact, they are rather like sweet Molly Malone, who followed her barrel wherever she pushed it around the streets of Dublin's fair city. Except that instead of a barrow, um, I think that's the second part of a wheelbarrow, a barrow, they have what they like to call their conscience, which they push wherever they want it to go. Conscience is only correct when its verdict is in harmony with the Ten Commandments of God, the Six Commandments of the Church, and the demands of the Christian virtues. These we shall learn in due course in order to educate our conscience. The next section deals with sin, S-I-N, in Scripture. Sin is a disastrous, sin is disastrous for both the soul and the body. Proverbs 22 says, He that soweth iniquity shall reap evils, and with the rod of his anger he shall be consumed. Do no evils, and no evils shall hold of thee. That's Ecclesiasticus. Depart from the unjust, and evils shall depart from thee. My son, Sow not evils in the furrows of injustice, and thou shalt not reach, reap them sevenfold. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus chapter 7 and chapter 6 says, For a wicked soul shall destroy him that hateth, that hath it rather. For a wicked soul shall destroy the one that has it, and maketh him to be a joy to his enemies, and shall lead him into the lot of the wicked. Dearest, there's the music for our second break, and we're going to have this following hour, a half hour, all to ourselves, and um, uh, we're going to have calls and emails, and the calls are toll-free or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, dear ones.
At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts, from planned gifts to employer matches. We even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Excuse me. <clears throat> to Mother Miriam Live, I am thrilled to be with you. And we are now going to take your calls um, and your emails, uh, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. James, do we have some emails? Yes, we do. And good morning, everyone. And thank you, Mother, for having me back. I'm happy to uh, be joining you again for the show today. I'm thrilled for it, James. Thank you. Sure. So we are going to start today with a, uh, an email from Tim. And Tim says, Mother Miriam, my name is Tim, and I am a new listener from Finley, Ohio. I first made a comment when Debbie Giorgiani was assisting you during a pledge drive. And I'll just pause there. Quick little shout out to Miss Debbie Giorgiani. She is wonderful and does great work on our fun drive. So great. I agree. Uh, Tim says, What I would like to share is that I have experienced one who claims hell does not exist. My late stepbrother followed an individual who attempted to claim that hell did not exist because its creation was not mentioned in the Bible. I've pondered one theory that those who deny the existence of hell do so in order to justify their sinful lifestyle. Am I wrong to think this? And he puts in parentheses, sadly, my stepbrother died without repentance. Oh, Dell. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, you know, I've, I've said before um, that, um, Tim, that I believe our Lord spoke about hell 
um, more than any other subject in Scripture. Um, the Psalm 139, If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. Heaven or hell. And um, um, Matthew, our Lord, says, I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be liable um, to the hell of fire. Um, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, throw it out, throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. How, how Bishop Barron comes up with the thought that it's uh, reasonable to assume that um, everyone's in heaven, that everyone's saved. Um, um, uh, Matthew, um, Saint Matthew writes. Um, you serpents, um, this is um, um, our Lord speaking to the Pharisees. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? There's so much about hell in Scripture. Um, so, um, dear one, um, um, yeah, I'm so sorry that your stepbrother died without repentance, but... You know, um, we can believe in something that doesn't exist and it doesn't make it true. We can deny what does exist and that doesn't make it not exist. It doesn't make it true. Um, and so um, uh, I would say, dear Tim, don't fail to pray for your, um, your stepbrother because we do, not, we do not know what God did um, at the... Um, at the moment of his death or seconds before his death. God could have confronted him and he could have said yes. So uh, when I don't know or if I think someone's gone to hell or I don't imagine they're in heaven by their life, I pray for them every day. I've prayed for some people uh, as long as I'm a Catholic and understand purgatory and know that we can pray for those that have gone before us. So I pray for them every night. And if um, you're... Um, uh, your your stepbrother, uh, if he's in purgatory or in heaven, either way, um, it could well be because our Lord, who is outside of time, does answer prayers retroactively. So um, don't fail to pray for him. Uh, the way someone leaves this earth, the state in which he leaves the earth, is the state in which he will spend all eternity, either in heaven or in hell. But God, who is outside of time, as I said, can take our prayers after the person has died and apply them to him prior to his death. Um, and so if he leaves the world in a state of grace, it could, it could well be because God has taken our prayers and applied them retroactively. Okay, I hope, I hope that makes sense. Um, do we have another? Um, yes, we do. Okay. So we'll move right on to the next email here. So this email is from Sherry, and Sherry says, Good day, Mother. Thank you for all that you do, and God bless you abundantly. I heard you praise Ben Shapiro lately, and I agree as well. But recently I heard him talking about Jordan Peterson and recommending him wholeheartedly on Daily Wire Plus. 
My question is, what are your thoughts about Jordan and his comments on the Rubin report about same-sex marriage and LGBTQ? Thank you for your reply. My thoughts, it sickened my heart to see that. It absolutely sickened me to see him on Dave Rubin's podcast uh, supporting LGBTQ gay marriage. And Dave Rubin himself is a um, homosexual, so-called married to a man. He's not married. There is no such thing as gay marriage. Um, They're just living in sin. Uh, I really, it, it sunk my heart. Jordan Peterson is is a good man and he is so um, smart and he's gained a reputation with Ben Shapiro those two being extremely intelligent but that his reason has taken him to such a low conclusion such a sinful conclusion I, I don't I've never understood if Jordan Peterson has ever truly embraced Christianity I don't know where he is spiritually, but wherever he would be, if he's a Christian in any form, uh, he would not believe in gay lifestyle or homosexual marriage. So I'm, I was really, really heartsick on this, dear one. So, Sherry, um, um, I don't know if Ben Shapiro um, praised him before. Uh, he turned in favor of LBGTQ. If Ben Shapiro praised Jordan Peterson after he made known his support of gay marriage and LBGTQ people, uh, or lifestyles rather, um, there's no such thing as LGBTQ people. It's just lifestyles. It's sinful lifestyles. If Ben Shapiro praised him after that happened, I would be tremendously shocked at Ben Shapiro. I don't believe he would. So that's uh, that would be my response, Sherry. Okay, excellent, Mother. And uh, so we're going to go to our friend Kurt in Boston, Massachusetts. And Kurt is a regular caller into the show. He is wonderful, and we thank God for him. So welcome back to the program, Kurt. And what's on your mind this morning? How you doing? How are you, Mother? Oh, I'm um, terrific, Kurt. I went to the um, to the men's group concerning the Boston march for the for the men's march on October 15th, and I introduced myself, of course, to Jim Havens, who I've spoken to, and Father Steve Imbarato. I mentioned um, that I always listen to you, and he says, "Oh, you're great," and he was nothing but praises for you. Oh, and um, good. So, of course, they of course they had a question. A question period, and of course, I raised my hand as you rightfully well know. I'm surprised. <clears throat> I know, I know. I, I, I'm trying to be humble. You're, you're and, a good um, man, Kurt. <laughs> the thing is, is I went down there, and I, and I got a few of my friends. Uh, a person I know went down there with, with the intention he might say, "I figured you'd be here." And a few others. There's a pro-life a group I belong to, and um, he's trying to change legislation in the Massachusetts House, Knights of Columbus. So anyway, they asked what my question was, and I said, you know, this men's group is going to be excellent, and we all need to attend because we should all be sick and tired of this lemonade Catholicism. We need to stand up for the truth and speak it. We should not get lost in religious academia trying to push our sins away because most people do not understand even the real presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And this is why we have evil 
basically falling down upon us. Yeah. So I, I said all this. I says people need to be catechized. They need to understand that they need to get the confession. They need to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And I went on and on and on. And I said, you know, we can't kowtow because if we keep silent about this, it's going to come back to us. That's and right. we're going to have a lot to answer for. So anyway, he kind of Father Imbarato says, oh, that's great, Kurt. You know, I, I got I got more questions. It says, okay. Well, anyway, I brought a crucifix down there. I, I, I paint a lot of statues. And when I paint the crucifix, I paint it very realistically. You know, I carve into it. I show the wounds. I make the, I show everything, all the, the bleeding and everything. And a priest came up to me, and a lot of other people came up to me and said, you know, you were right on for what you said. It's exactly true. And a few others, you know, I, I, I appreciated the input. So I basically said, you know, we all have to be connected in whatever apostles we are, and we have to speak out. And what I said to the Knights of Columbus was, you know, you're all around the Archdiocese of Boston. We shouldn't have four Knights of Columbus there. We should have a hundred of them in full regalia. And this is what we need to do anyway. And I tried to touch on as many people as I could, try to give out my number. I says, we have to stay connected no matter where we are. So, and a few other people spoke about that, but this priest came up to me and I didn't know if you knew the order or not. It's called Our Lady's Chapel in no. New Bedford, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. They are excellent. They speak about everything that you talk about. And he, he personally blessed my crucifix, and he, uh, he says, keep it up, keep it up. And he says, you need good. to be in adoration every single day good, before the good, blessing Good, good, good. So I just kind of wanted to say that I'm working on my own salvation, trying to tell others, but I have a lot of people. I'm in Benalling to Massachusetts, and, you know, I'm getting this mother. Well, Kurt, you sound like you have angry Catholicism. I says, no, I don't. I said, what I'm saying is, is we need to get out there and promote our faith with such resilience because That's we have right. to count up what's You're not out. angry. You're not angry. You're fervent. You're zealous and you're I'm fervent, do, as you know? everyone should be, Kurt. Uh, we better get on to another email, Kurt, and, and let other others call in. I absolutely love you. You're, you're just great, and you're inspiring a lot of people. Um, and you speak the truth. So the truth, even spoken forcefully, or especially spoken forcefully, should never turn anyone away who really craves the truth. Keep me in your prayers, especially my, my brother, Doug, who died 25 years ago. He was burned in an electrical explosion. Oh, wow. And, um, and I've had a lot of other people. But, you know, keep my family in your prayers. You all know, right, dear one. People in the, you know, all types of, quote, lifestyles. Yes. And especially my daughter. And, um, and all right, and, and sweetheart. All of us. I, I would all really right. appreciate it. We keep all of you in prayer. If you email, if you call, we keep all of you in prayer, Kurt. Um, God bless you, sweetheart. We're going to go on now. Do we have another email, James? Yes, we do. So we'll start reading this one here, and the music's going to be coming in for our next break in about 30 seconds here. So we'll see how far we can get, and we'll pick it up oh. after that break. Okay, great. So this email is from Tomas, and Tomas says, Hello, Mother Miriam. I love the podcast and listen to it every day at work, especially when I take my little brother along. I don't 
wish to bring this up because uh, to beat a dead horse, but only because there is some nuance and some debate has happened between my father and I. Bishop Barron has been ambiguous in regards to the extra ecclesium nulla salus, and that roughly translates for those of us such as myself that aren't experts in Latin to outside the church there is no salvation. And he says, and I think he is wrong in his teaching that we may hope all are saved, especially seeing as he seems to attribute this to Hans Urs von Balthasar, who was a Protestant and had meetings with mystics and seers. Bishop Barron has not said definitively, however, that hell is empty, and we'll pause there and pick up after the break. Okay, thanks so much. Yeah, I'd love to pick that up. Uh, He does get much of his thinking from Hans uh, von Balsavars. I'm not saying it right. Say it for me, James. (laughs) Balthazar, Uh, I believe it is. Balthazar, I knew that. Okay, we'll be right back, beloved. Feel free to call in, toll-free 1-877-511. 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. When abortion becomes illegal again, are we going to start throwing all the women who have had abortions into jail? No, the people who should go to jail in that case are the abortionists. This is how it worked before abortion became legal and how it should work again. The pro-life movement is not interested in punishing women, but rather in stopping the killing. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Mary and Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes. Our phones are wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. 877 
511-548-5183 or email at mother at the station of the cross. James, you're a prophet. We, you said we wouldn't have enough time to read the whole email and you were right. Could you just pick up on the, on the, on the main point of it for us? Absolutely. So Tomas wrote in and he's telling us that he's having a little bit of a disagreement between himself and his father. And uh, Mm -hmm. so the source of that disagreement, he says, is uh, Bishop Barron has been ambiguous in regards to extra ecclesium nulla salus, which translates in Latin to outside the church, there is no salvation. And I think he is wrong in his teaching that we may hope all are saved, especially seeing as he seems to attribute this to Hans Urs von Balthasar, who was a Protestant and had meetings with mystics and seers. Bishop Barron has not said this definitively, however, that hell is empty. And he says, My father, who is very into word on fire and loves and supports the ministry, showed me the book he wrote on the creed where the bishop says quite clearly, paraphrased, no one can say one way or the other. Scripture has passages to support either view and that the church fathers are also split on the matter. He says, I don't have to tell you of all people, mother, but I would say scripture and our Lord are very clear on the matter. I don't want this to cause division between my dad and I, and, mm-hmm. but other families, specifically some fathers in our parish, have expressed the same concern that you and I have when this topic came up. I just wanted to say that the bishop has not explicitly taught this error, just that he has a stance of ambiguity which is not warranted. I wish and pray the bishop stood strong on this matter, but at least he's orthodox with everything else he says. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mother. I pray for you. God bless. Sincerely, Tomas, listening from New Zealand. Well, New Zealand, Tomas, um, Bishop Barron is not orthodox on everything else. I think it came up yesterday that in his interview on TV with our podcast with Ben Shapiro, Ben, an Orthodox Jew, asked him if he keeps... The, the law and and follows God as best he knows in his Orthodox Judaism, but he doesn't believe in Jesus. Is he going to hell or is he toast? However, he said it. And Bishop Barron said, to my horror, he said, no, 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 uh, Jesus is the preferred way. No, he's, he's not the only way. He's the preferred way. I tell you, I, I, I got physically ill and uh, when someone says that, when Jesus said, he's the only way, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. Um, Luke wrote in Acts chapter 4, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Um, when a bishop says something like that, I will not listen to anything else he says. I know he's very articulate, he's done many good things, um, but I, I'm not interested because the primary thing is the salvation of a soul. And if a soul is not saved, they will go to hell. Uh, there's only one way to heaven, and he denies it. So he has not been ambiguous. He has explicitly, explicitly taught that. And if he would go to look up on any concordance um, the verses on hell... Um, he would he would see that Second um, Peter uh, says, "For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of neither gloom, to be kept until the judgment." Um, let's see the rest of that verse. I'm sorry. Um, 
If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven other persons when he brought the flood, um, committed them. In other words, if he didn't spare them, he's not going to spare you. Um, I'm sorry, I got into a a scripture here that doesn't have um, the full, the full, um, there's so many, so many verses uh, on hell I, I just put the word in, came up with 16. Um, the tongue is a fire. The tongue is an unrighteous world among our members, James says, uh, staining the whole body, setting on fire the cycle of nature, and set on fire by hell. Um, um, I will warn you, says our Lord in the Gospel of Luke, whom to fear, fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. He's talking about himself. The devil cannot cast us into hell. We have free will. Only God will cast us into hell by respecting the free will he's given us, if that is our choice. So um, you can look up the catechism on hell. Uh, It's very, very definitive to us. So I would um, use concordance, go to Bible Gateway, uh, and put in the word hell, um, and uh, go to the catechism. Just simply go to the catechism of the Catholic Church and show it to your dad and suggest to him that Bishop Barron is not above the deposit of faith in the Catholic Church. Excellent response, Mother. And uh, we've got just a few minutes left in our show today, so we're going to go to another caller. This is Mary in Minnesota. So thanks for holding on the line with us, Mary, and welcome to the program. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm, I'm honored to speak to you today. I'm happy you I called in. Have, uh, excuse me? I'm so sorry. I said I'm happy you called in. Yes, I, I'm sure I'm going to be. Uh, I just wanted to make a small suggestion for combating what is going on in the church today. We know it's starting from the top down. It's with our prelates. It begins with our prelates and those that have influence with them. And I've got Father James Martin in mind in particular. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know Father Martin. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, I belong to an organization that was actually instituted here in Minnesota, Seven Sisters Apostolate. I pray for yes, one priest. Yes, I know about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? I'm thinking that being Father James Martin is going to be such a tough nut to crack. We need professional prayers. I'm wondering if you'd have seven sisters in your order that would be willing to commit to one hour, one day a week. And seven sisters... Uh, one holy hour, one priest each week, and uh, just commit them their their hearts to prayer for this priest. I really believe he's in need of professional help. Oh, he is. He is. And Mary, my own personal uh, assistant here, full-time assistant, is part of that apostolate. Oh, that's wonderful. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much, Mary. You're, you're good. Your thoughts are good. Your request is good. Um, and um, uh, we pray for the day that Father James Martin will convert because he will not see heaven if he does not. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the Holy Father has supported him. Yes, I know. 
do you think that you'd have seven sisters that would be available to commit to one day of prayer? One, one hour, one day. Well, uh, we pray, we have a holy hour for an hour and a half every single day, seven days a week. Um, and we have many uh, tough situations like Father James Martin and others uh, that we pray for. Uh, most importantly, the Pope himself. So um, we, we pray uh, eight times a day, Mary, and um, I, I'm, I'm not going to promise you at the moment that, each, that I'll have seven sisters praying for one hour only for Father James Martin, but we take him into our prayers every day. Thank you so much. Yeah. God bless you, Mary. And God bless that apostolate. God bless all of you. James, I love you. Thanks for coming on the program. It's just a delight to my heart. I think our listeners love you too. And um, it's uh, really a help to us. So God bless all of you. And um, God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you. <laughs>